This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, sir. Boy, playing hurt. Jordan flu game. Jordan flu game. Uh, Don't have the flu, but my neck is... I thought it was just a simple little thing. It's not. It's not going away. It actually hurts a lot. Uh, had a horrible migraine today. I've been down, right? I was super excited to re- recap this show. UFC 267, 4.7 out of 5 on my scale. I absolutely loved it. Awesome, awesome fights. Uh, a lot to talk about. We're going to get into it. <clears throat> That's going to be most of the show. Wanted to do it yesterday, but yesterday was Halloween. I got two little ones. Uh, the Bengals blew it as well. We don't talk about them until next week. Um, I need at least three days, no Bengals talk. Not speaking about what happened on Sunday. It's always who day. It always will be who day, but we're not talking about it. Okay, we're not talking about it, but uh, let's just say that put me in a bad mood. And then uh, the little girls had uh, Halloween, which is my uh, oldest daughter's favorite fucking thing in the entire world is Halloween. So, um yeah, and we do a big over here. I mean, I, I wish I, I wish I was more of a dress up guy, but <clears throat> where I live, my neighborhood is it, it's one way and one way out. It's like just literally your traditional fucking just closed off neighborhood. So it's really cool going trick or treating over here because it's really easy. Not a lot of cars are coming in and out, and tons of kids. And uh, yeah, it was a blast. My daughter got so much candy. It's crazy. Uh, I'm going to be eating some of it. I used to be a huge candy kid when I was a when I was a guy. Well, not even a kid like. My early 20s, I could eat, you know, I would, you know, when I was broke at like 21 and I had to wait till payday to, to <clears throat> get some real food, I'd go to this little, little gas station, get a soda, get Doritos and a couple things of candy. That was my dinner. Like, I love candy. I don't love it as much anymore. I'll still pick at it. I'll still dig in and see what she's got. I mean, I love, I mean, it's not like I don't like candy. It's just I'm not a candy guy like I was. But uh, yeah, the, the boy's neck is hurting. Um, don't know what it is. Sleeping's a problem. <laughs> Sleeping is a problem. Um, I think the headache was unrelated. That's just cause it's getting cold again. Cincinnati weather was like 30 degrees this morning and it got up to almost 60, 30 degree difference. <clears throat> My head goes, Oh, fuck you. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm playing hurt. So I apologize, boys. I, I wanted to get this out earlier. I know we're all moving on to UFC 268. It's, it's fun to do the recap shows. And then you might not, you might even have a week off with a, with another event, or it might be like a weaker um, <clears throat> fight night, and everyone's still buzzing about the pay per view. I'm still buzzing about the pay per view a little bit, but I wouldn't be lying to you. I've already moved on to 268, but I feel like I, I owe it to everyone and myself to recap this event because it was fucking awesome. It was it was really cool during the day, uh, and maybe I need to start maybe really prioritizing getting these out early. I see people's recaps coming out right after the pay per view. You know, Saturday night, whatever. I maybe have to prioritize to do that because now it's Monday and everyone's moved on. It's fight week for UFC 268, a huge card. I think maybe on paper a better card than this past weekend. This last weekend had a lot of international flavor. This weekend we got a lot of great matchups. We're going to end the show previewing 268, not the contender series. It's the last contender series. A lot of Chinese fighters. Chinese fighters are not very good. I can't tell you the last time someone won from the fucking P.I., so I'm just not going to do that. 268 is too stacked. Chris fights on that card. We'll go over all that. Uh, so next, still fucked up. That's on my notes. And another thing on my notes is congrats to Don Madge. Ooh, Donnie Madge, the only fighter that will ever be interviewed on this podcast. Um, 
go uh, go search the old uh, uh, Apple uh, Apple library or whatever and find it. But um, yeah, it was uh, you know nice enough to do it. Don Madge. 2-0 in the UFC, got cut because of visa, whatever issues, went, de- debuted in the PFL, fought a guy that obviously was a layup. He was a minus 800 favorite, but, you know, he looked good. He got taken down. That's the big thing with Don Madges. He's this Muay Thai kickboxer. He can't take it down. He got taken down. He looked great off his back and then ended up fighting a submission. Uh, really interested to see him at 155 in uh, in uh, PFL. There's a lot of 155 everywhere stacked, but PFL is pretty decent in PFL. Um and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for the guy Don Madge. I always root for him. He's always number one and number two on my guys list. Donnie Madge uh, was so kind to me coming on many years ago, and and uh, yeah, so that guy's always gonna be shining there. But I'm really interested in see what he does at 155. Hopefully, the visa issues are all worked out, and and uh, I mean, we, we, no one can predict COVID. He's from South Africa. I know different countries are handling it differently. Hopefully, everything gets sorted out because he's he's a great fighter to watch. I me, mean, he was two years off. He looked a little. His timing looked a little off, I'm being honest. Usually he's way more aggressive. He's very more settled in. And then uh, Nasty Nate Williams just kept, you know, trying to take him down. And then um, that's eventually Don Don reversed and, and rear naked choking him. It was awesome. But, uh, yeah, in the beginning you can tell he was he was still trying to work his timing out because, uh, you know, two years off. And you, you can spar as much as you want, but until you get in there, until you feel some guy's rhythm, you know, timing, timing is an issue. Uh, so those are the two things in my notes. We'll talk about Chris a little bit later because we're going to preview 268. So let's recap UFC motherfucking 267 betting recap. So first and foremost, Christian, we all picked a great card. Uh, all, all three of us boys, the boys back in town. Uh, we all picked a good card. I went eight and six, so I didn't, I mean, it wasn't like the best card I've ever picked, but we all had some pretty decent picks. In my opinion, I'm up on money. We'll go over the betting recap in a minute. Christian, who was the champ, you know, defended. Uh, it was very close. It was actually him and Timbo were tied. Ty goes to the champion. It was, you know, 10, 10, and 9. So we all were very close. I came in third. <laughs> well, actually, I came in second. Two ties for first. I came in second. That's not bad. Two out of three, pff, whatever. I'll take it. Um, they picked some good cards. Christian was very upset with himself. He said he feel like he didn't pick a good card. Again, this is just picks. This is just a little fun little thing we do. Um, I, I'm sure he, he bets live most of the time, which... I'm very jealous that he gets to do that. Hopefully, Ohio will get their fucking head out of their ass so we can do that sooner than later. But um, yeah, he seemed uh, he seemed pretty uh, disappointed. So maybe he was down on the night. But his picks, I thought, were pretty good. He's champion again. Good for Christian again. Went eight and six on my picks. You know, we could do better. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think I'm eight and five because there was only thirteen fights, right? Yeah, I think I'm eight and five. I'm either eight and five or seven and six. I'll have to count it again. But regardless, average night. But I'm up. I'm up money. I played uh slime bar parlay hit slime dog. Slimy parlay. I need to get a sound bite for that. Uh that landed. <clears throat> that was big. Three units at plus one seventeen. Very chalky. You know, if, if first time listening to slime ball parlay is going to be chalky. You're taking uh, Chalk City and trying to turn it into a plus number, at least a smaller number. Parlays are hard to hit in general. I hit the slime ball parlay for three units at plus 117. Uh, or No, I, I played three units, plus 117. And Kalayev, Petrovsky, and uh, Chemayev. Petrovsky was the only one I was a little worried about. He looked like he was tired in that first round, but the minute he started fucking wrestling, we're good. And Kalayev's a stud. Chemayev is, I mean, we'll get to all these guys. And then I had a couple plays. I had Dan Hooker as an underdog at plus 460, a little small poke at 0.3 units. Obviously, 
Islam's a beast. Missed that. Jandaroba versus Heboss uh, at 0.4 units at plus 134. I saw a lot of people on Jandaroba. I was one of them. I just thought maybe she could take advantage of Heboss on the ground. Looked like she did good in the first round, and then Heboss just shut that shit down. Um, Subaru Tukulov over Ricardo Ramos. I'm not a Ramos fan. I, I, I don't think he's great. Zubara um, isn't one of my favorite guys, but minus 168 I thought was a little low. I point point eight units on that. Almost a full unit. Another dog shot on Roman Kopilov at plus 260 at point three. Durev is very good on the ground. Kopilov has shown weaknesses on the ground. There was some controversial moment in this fight. With Herzog, which I agree with Herzog. I got chirped on Twitter a little bit, which I fucking love. Oh, I loved it. Uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll discuss that when we go over the things. And then 1.2 units on Tagir Ulumbekov versus Alan Necesito, or excuse me, Nascimento. That made me sweat. Minus 350. I, I went very heavy chalk on that straight up. I you know Tagir didn't unimpress me. Nesamento, if someone would have gave it to him, I would have been fine with that. But Tagir obviously got the decision. He laid and prayed essentially. Nesamento is fucking legit, dude. Off his back, I love that. So those are my straight plays. Took no uh, or no props because I can't win a prop. I took another parlay, the Yanni parlay. Uh, Jan Blahovic versus Petra Jan. Jan won. Blahovic didn't, which was a very big surprise. Two units on that at minus one thirty one. Um, missed that. So that's not good. So if I would have hit that, I would have been had a better night, but I'm 1.3 units up. You know, what are you going to do? 1.3 units up. I'll take it. It's better than a losing week. I've lost the last two weeks. I feel like the money that I put in to some of my bigger plays, obviously those are the ones you want to win. Those are the ones where you want to fucking win. And I've been very close to my slime ball. I feel like I've been pretty much dead on with my slime balls. It's not like one of the guys I'm picking gets completely blown out that you don't see. It's usually a bad performance or, you know, I read it wrong, right? But um, I'm usually two out of three on these slime balls. I'm yet to go 0 and 3. This is a big hit. Oh, gosh. I just, my daughter's comes in here, my beautiful four-year-old, and she loves playing with this fucking Mike Boomworm thing, and it's messed up. So way to go, Winnie. I love you. Um, God damn it, this thing. There it is. <laughs> we got it. This is only like the 300th episode I've done. I figured it out. Um, so that's this betting weekend. I'm glad I'm up, right? Because I'm going to go heavy this week for sure. There, We'll talk about it. I'm thinking maybe three bets, maybe maybe a slime, four bets, maybe a slime ball, and then I'm going to go big on two guys, and then I got Curtis, my boy Chris Curtis, which I got like three different plays for him. We'll all go over it. Obviously, we're going to do a pick them this week with the boys. Hopefully, Timbo and Christian are going to be on. I believe we we have spoken that they're going to be on. I know Timbo's Braves in the World Series. Um, and uh, Christian is a Broncos fan, and they just traded Von Bell. Or Von Bell. Von Miller. Hope Von Bell plays for the Bengals. <sighs> I'm not talking about him. Um, Von Miller. Hopefully he's okay with that. Uh, haven't talked to him, though. But hopefully the boys are there. Hopefully the boys are there. Can't do the pick them without him. All right. So, with that being said, let's get to the recap of this card. I really enjoyed this card, guys. Midday, which I love, right? Um, I thought it was high level. I thought there were some great fights. And uh, let it, let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right. Jan Blahovic versus Glover Teixeira. What a fucking surprise, huh? I'm, I was impressed with a lot of fighters. So there's going to be quite a few four and five stars. I, I was very impressed. Maybe I was just feeling good during more. You know, I wasn't tired. I wasn't grumpy. It was the middle of the day. I'm, you know. I don't know, but I i mean, there are some really good performances over here. Jan Blahovic is not one of them. Uh, Jan Blahovic is a fraud, if, if you ask me. He seemed 
pretty confident this week. He seemed like a nice guy. He was he, he every interview he gave, he said he knew what Glover was gonna do. He's gonna put me against the cage and try to take me out. Put me against the cage and take me out. You gotta imagine that that's all this guy's been hammering is. But Glover's just like, yeah. And then Glover responds to the press conference like, yeah, he knows what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna get him down. I'm gonna get him down. And he fucking did. And he's heavy on top. Jan could not get up from the bottom. It, it looked like Jan versus uh, Izzy it was reversed. You know, uh, Glover is just really strong in that top position. Jan in that first round clearly gave it up, did not, you know, just close this guard and was hoping for a stand-up. Didn't happen. And uh, at the very end of that round, fucking Glover neck cranked him, which, whew, I mean, I knew Jan wouldn't get a tap, but that don't feel good. That don't feel good. And Glover appears to be a strong motherfucker because, when you hit the ground with him, high-level guys hit the ground with him, he's on top, and they just, like, it's like a fucking, you know, 3,000-pound weighted blanket on top of you. They just can't move. And Jan's a big boy for, for 205, and he just cannot move. Second round, they come out, Jan gets a little more aggressive, and, and people forget that before Glover became this old man Glover, he had power in his hands. He's a pretty good striker. He's a pretty good boxer, and uh, he landed a huge left hook on Jan that kind of, not kind of, definitely wobbled him, rocked him. And then Jan, uh, you know, just kind of retreated and, and tried to fire back. And then Glover took him down. And then Jan jumped for a fucking weird Kimura. And then Glover got his back. And then Jan just absolutely fucking quit. I mean, that that's what it is. He quit. I don't care. Listen, I don't want to talk shit about fighters, right? But I'm going to call it the way it is. He quit, right? He didn't really have that, you know, the choke was barely sucking in. And Jan had his hand up raising. And then the minute it was pressure, he tapped. Like, no fighting it. I'm not going to go out. You know, the legendary Polish power is a legendary quitter, right? But um, obviously got that fight wrong. We all were on Jan. But fucking Glover took share, man. That's a five-star man! That's a five-star performance. I mean, listen, you're 42 years old, just turned 42. You fought everyone in that division. You have lost to several people. I mean, you're 33 and 7. It's not like you've only, you've only lost to, like, high-level guys. <clears throat> and you change your game up. You realize, like, my ch- I can't go out there and just start slanging and banging with these young guys again. I need to go out there, and I need. I think Corey Anderson, I'm going to give Corey Anderson some credit. Corey Anderson <clears throat> wrestled fuck Glover in their fight. And I think that shocked Glover. I think Glover realized... Fuck, like my jiu-jitsu is good. I've been a black belt for probably a million years, but guess what? That don't mean shit when you go against a high-level wrestler and I can't get up, right? I think that changed him because now Glover takes you down and he's so heavy on top. I really thought that Jan, Jan, Jan Blahovitz, I might just call him Jan just because I'm upset with him because he lost me money, but I think he thought he was going to be able to stop the takedowns easier. He didn't. He couldn't stop. He might have, I think he stuffed maybe a couple, but not many, Right. And then I think Glover had the right game plan. I'm going to put this guy in his back. He has a black belt. And people say he's a high-level black belt, which I don't know how anybody from Poland could be a high-level black belt. Woo! Shot fired at Poland. Um, but he's clearly not because he gave us back and choke. He quit. I feel like Jan might be one of those guys. He's 37, 38 years old. Just had his first kid. I've always talked about on the podcast. It's the Johnny Hendrick syndrome. You get you work so hard to be a champion and you get to the title, and that was your goal to be champion and nothing more. I don't think Jan was meant or ever really thought about defending it, right? He didn't have the same motivation defending it than he did winning it. Now I know he defended against Izzy and and, and that's fine or whatever, but he seemed very un, uh, unmotivated for this fight, seemed underprepared as well, and he quit. There's no there's no way around it. I don't care if you're the biggest Jan Blahovich fan. You can't look at me and say quit because I'm a Darren Till fan. 
I love Darren Till. He quit against Brunson, right? I can say that because I'm a real fucking dude. You can't look at me and tell me Jan didn't quit because he did. And I don't like that shit. He's a fraud. Um, he needs to win a couple more fights. Not immediate title shot. Get Mike Boyeri in there. You can get Ankoliath in there. I hope they don't get Alexander Rekic. I think Rekic needs one more win for some reason. But I think Yuri, who was the backup, I would like to see him fight. I think Glover sees to take some time off. He wants to fight in May. Maybe give Yuri another fight before then. If you want to risk it, if not, just line those guys up. I mean, Yuri cut weight for this. He's he's not a small dude either. So uh, exciting times at 205, which is which is fun. You know, Glover's a fan favorite. Everyone has his respect. Um, or he has everyone's respect, I should say, in, in MMA. Not many people have bad words to say about him. I don't. I just thought Jan won, or was going to win this fight, and I was dead wrong. And I like being wrong in a situation when it comes to like this. My jaw dropped. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, so good, good, boop, boop. good for Glover. I remember, you know, because your boy's old, right? He's 35. I remember being 19, 18 years old on Sherdog, right? And, you know, hearing about Glover at 205. Oh, you know, Chuck's good. You know, this is when Chuck and Randy and, and Tito were the kings at 205 in the UFC. Chuck's good, and then Vandalay over in uh, Pride. But Glover, that's the real champion. Back then, they were talking about this guy. He sparred. He used to be Chuck Liddell's training partner. He sparred with Chuck Liddell. That's the guy. You know, he got some... I don't even know what happened. I'm sure the story's out there, but he moved to Connecticut with his family, and then they made him go back to Brazil, and he couldn't come to America, so that kind of delayed his his uh, thing in America, like his MMA career in America. That's what took him so long to make it big. Um, but I'm glad he won. That's, that seems like a good dude there that's been through some shit and uh, good for him. All right, next up, Petrion versus Corey Sanhagen. Favorite fight of the night, my fight of the night. High fucking level MMA. I absolutely loved it. Both guys. They're both five-star performances. I thought Petrion clearly won this fight. It's not like I thought it was that close. It was a close fight, but I, I clearly scored it for Petrion. Three to two, maybe four to one, depending. Corey still looked good. Petrion, though, man, this guy's timing, his patience, his defense, his combinations, head, head, body, head, body. He can do anything in there. His wrestling defense was great. Corey was mixing up really well. Corey is a, an elite striker. Corey is very, very good. He moves really well. He has every kick in the book. He has every punch in the book. He's very athletic. He has that jumping knee. And Petrion just shut him down. And Petrion took maybe a couple. I mean, he obviously took more than a couple. There was a lot of strikes being thrown. But his defense was perfect. Like, he didn't take any clean shots besides maybe a few. And, you know, he landed a wheel kick on uh, on Corey at the end of the round. Then Corey threw a jumping knee at the buzzer. It was awesome. And then Petrion dropped him with a spinning back fist. Right dead point on the chin so fast. Jan blew me away. This is I had Jan. Obviously, I lost because I had him with Blahovich. But this is the first time I actually, maybe not the first time, but the real first time I can remember that I backed him, right? I've, I've always kind of faded Jan. He's fucking good. He's so, so good, um, and and I have a lot of praise for Corey. Corey Sanhagen is one of the few guys that was like, I awarded it to my guys list, and I took him off because he's a little bit dorky for me. I don't really, you know, I don't really fuck with those dorks. Like, if you're a dork, but you're like, you know you're a dork and you're funny, then, like, I get it. But, like, he, like, he thinks he's, like, insightful, but he's not. Okay, I'm not going to bash Corey Sanhagen because he had an amazing performance. I love this fight. I think both these guys are high, high level 135. Uh, they're definitely going to fight again, for sure. You know, Corey, both these guys are young enough, and Corey's younger than Jan, I believe. Um, you know, obviously, Aljo's next. I think Corey probably is going to fight maybe Dom Cruz. 
TJ's still healing up. I can see that Aljo and Jan are going to fight maybe next year. And then when TJ gets done with his surgery, TJ is going to get thrown right in there. It's only fair. I mean, he never lost the title. I know he had some steroid stuff. Um, but I don't think TJ needs to fight again. He definitely needs to rematch Corey. I think Corey needs to fight maybe like a Cruz or someone else in the top 135 and then kind of play it by ear. Because if Aljo wins and TJ's not ready, Aljo Yan probably have an immediate rematch, but Corey's right there because Corey got smoked by Aljo. And then if Petra wins and TJ's not ready and Corey maybe gets a W, you know, because I don't know the extent of, of TJ's injury. Last time I heard he was going to Columbia to try to get some stem cells. Like his shoulder's pretty fucked. So a lot to be had at 135, but I absolutely love this fight. I love, love high-level fights. I know it's an interim title shot. Aljamain Sterling still is the champion. I still want to see Jan Sterling. I think that's going to be really fun. I think... You know, as much as people want to show to Aljo, Aljo learned a lot from that fight. And so did Petra. They both know each other well. Aljo knows now, like, he's never had a problem grappling people in that division. He's a big, strong, lanky guy. And typically when he gets a hold of you or it takes you down or whatever or gets you on the ground, like, he's lights out. Like, no one wants to go to the ground with him. Petra did. And I think that woke Aljo up to make him work a little harder. I think it was fairly close in the beginning. I know everyone wants to... Petra Yan was definitely running away with it. Aljo looked a little tired, and then the knee happened, and you can see the tides are turning. But um, in the beginning, Yan was staying, you know, and he always kind of loses those early rounds because he likes to get his reads or whatever, and Aljo was staying long and throwing his pity-pat punches. But, man, I love this fight. Five stars. I'm excited for 135. My second favorite division in the UFC right now, awesome. My first favorite division in the UFC always has been. 145 is up there as well as 155. Islam versus Dan Hooker. Woo, boy. A lot of praise, a lot of praise for a lot of guys, but, you know, Islam Makachev. I mean, that's incredible what he did to a guy like Dan Hooker, who I have so much respect for. Dan Hooker's not a guy, I don't think he's ever been submitted in the UFC, maybe, but I I don't think so. And definitely getting submitted in round one where he just, Islam just blitzkrieged him. I thought Dan was going to look a little bit better on the ground. I thought he was going to have some get-ups. Um, but Islam is just glued to him, man. He's a, he's a big th- 155er and he got Dan and Kimura, which is a submission. You don't see happen a lot. You know, um, once he stepped over the head, um, we all, I mean, I knew it was fucking over. I mean, he had that arm, that shoulder. It was only a matter of time. Dan Hooker screened in pain. Islam gets a five though. This guy's going to be future world champion. Uh, I think he beats everybody at 155 right now. I, I, I honestly think, so the way 55 is going to shake out is, you know, Poirier, Oliveira, whoever wins that, that's a really close fight. I'm leaning towards someone right now. Whoever wins that fight probably is going to fight Gaethje and Chandler. Islam might have to fight one more time. Uh, I think he's probably, I think he's earned it more than Chandler. Chandler's got one win in the UFC. He's one and one in the UFC. Uh, if he comes out and beats Gaethje, maybe, you know, Gaethje looked like shit against uh, Khabib. He quit in that fight as well. Um, so I think Islam's the guy. I think Islam should get the next title shot. I think he should leapfrog Gaethje and Chandler winner. Probably not going to happen because both those guys are fan favorites, but I think Islam matches up all with them well. I think he beats Poirier. I think he beats um, Gaethje because it's going to just both those fights. Both those guys have fought Khabib. I think Islam is better finisher than Khabib was. I think Khabib had better takedowns and had better cardio and more aggression, better stand-up too. But... When he gets into the ground, Islam's looking for submissions. Khabib used to beat the fuck out of you. And then later in his career, he starts submitting people. Islam is submitting everybody. I think he takes Poirier down. I think he takes 
Gaethje down, same thing. You know, submits him just like Khabib did. You know, we've already seen that fight. Oliveira will be a really fun fight. And then Chandler, oddly enough, Chandler is very high-level wrestling. I, that that intrigues me, the Chandler fight. But, I, you know, we got to see what Chandler does in 268. Islam looked great. Think he deserves the next title shot. I love Dan Hooker. Um, I prosper him taking this fight, but you get a one star. I mean, I, I again, I don't, I, I, maybe it's because I had some money on you and this was a green class glasses color. You should have probably got two, but you did nothing in this fight for me to give you any more stars than one, right? You got taken down and then you, you, you kept like a, a weird, like you kept your leg in, tried to butterfly. And then eventually you just gave up your arm. And then, and then that was it. Like, you know, Islam's high level on the ground, but I expect a little more, even though it was short notice and he just fought and yada, yada, still a high level guy, still a fun guy to watch fight. He's now officially the gatekeeper though. I don't think Dan Hooker's ever going to get the, uh, uh, you know, Glover's a champion. So I'll never say never, but I don't think Dan Hooker's ever going to touch that fucking belt. If I'm being honest with you, I just, I just don't think it's happened. I mean, he may, may give a title shot in desperate times, but I don't know. Um, next up, Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tybora. This fight kind of stunk to me. I thought both these guys looked average. I had Tybora as a dog play here. He looked pretty good. Volkov looked like he slowed down, but then got his second or third win in that third round. It was 1-1 going into three in my, on my card, and the Volkov just took over. I think Volkov just he's adds, he's, keeps adding size, and I think his cardio is taking a dip a little bit, but his takedown defense looked great. Marcin Tybora showed a better chin than he has in the past. His takedowns were pretty ele- you know, pretty rudimentary. Boom, nailed it. Uh, that's a big word for you guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm smart. But um, uh, his, his takedowns look pretty average to me for a guy that really excels when he gets on top. It's like, okay, that's great. You're heavy on top and your ground and pound's great. You're, you know, your top pressure is great, but let's work on getting it down. Like you, you seem like you didn't really work on your takedowns that much. You just thought, oh, I've been taking everyone down. I could take Volkov down because, you know, Curtis Blaze said, but you're not Curtis Blaze, bro. You know, Volkov, his legs are huge. That dude's fucking almost 300 pounds outside of camp. I guarantee it. 290. He's a fucking big dude. Um, but, yeah, again, neither of these guys excited me. I didn't really like the fight. Volkov got to, gets a two. Tybor gets a one. Very harsh criticism. Hazmat Chumaya versus Jing Laleen, the leech. Uh, man, what do you say about this? Okay, so, I mean. The leech clearly gets five stars. No. That out, shout out Thick Diaz on Twitter. We were gonna, I was going to come up with a 10-star system because clearly Chamaya deserves a 10-star. I didn't come up with a sound, sound bite for it. But this is a five-star performance. You know what I mean? Like, Chamaev is a guy where I doubt it, right? I was opposed to him. I talk shit about him. Now, let me, let me clarify. He'll never be one of my guys, right? But now I respect him. Now I respect him. I threw shots at him when he ran through John Phillips, Merskard, and uh, Reese McKee, right? I threw shots at him. I threw shots at him with the COVID thing uh, because I just didn't really like him, right? Let, let me just be honest, right? I, I, I want to see him fight someone. Now, the Leech, 11th ranked in the world, tough as they come, and this guy blitzkrieged him in the first round. I mean... The leech wasn't in it at all. It was highly impressive. I mean, what can I say? Egg on my face. I was 100% wrong about Chimaev. This dude is the real fucking deal. His followers are crazy on Instagram. Someone just showed me, and it could have been fake. Let me check right now, actually. Someone said he had more followers than, than, um, than, uh, uh, blah, 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 uh, Kamara. Damn, Brian. Hit the K, man. 
He does. Okay. So I thought it might have been fake. Kamara's got like 2.7 and a million. And Shemayev's got 2.8. So as, as silly as it was when I was like, oh, this dude needs to fight someone. Running through that leech after having a year off the way you did and then talking your shit. You you get one more fight to in my and this is on me right and this is a guy who's been very opposed to Shmaev I I am not my eyes are open this guy's the real fucking deal you get one more fight against a guy like Neil Magny who I think is calling him out maybe anybody higher up at one seventy you you clearly need to fight top ten now you just took out the number eleven guy in three minutes and didn't get punched um, you fight a guy in the top ten and you win I think you're next I mean who else at one seventy who else is there at one seventy you know what I mean? You can't keep running Colby Usman. You know what I mean? Damian Maya's gone. Feels like Damian Maya's always fighting somebody. He's gone, right? Chamaya, you know, Nate Diaz is there. I mean, Nate Diaz needs to win a fucking fight. Leon Edwards, but everyone hates Leon Edwards. No one wants to give Leon Edwards credit. They hate him. They, you know, he's obviously rightfully deserves the title shot next, but I mean, they might make him fight Chamaya. Um, This kid's good, man. He's fucking good. I, I, I still like to see more. And I'm just getting greedy at this point. I kind of love the cockiness now, too. You know, at first when I was not thinking he was that good and very, like, opposed to him and just kind of like, you know what, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? When I had that attitude, like, his his interviews would kind of bother me. Now I'm kind of like, you know what, this dude's just fucking telling it like it is. You know what I mean? This guy's just out there telling it like it is. So... You know, that's a 10-star performance. He looked fantastic after he, after the COVID battle and coming in and doing that to the leech. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing more to say. I was 100% wrong about this guy. And I'm not going to be one of those guys where if he loses his next fight or if he, if he you know, turns out that he wasn't what he... I'm not going to be like, oh, see, I told you so. Because I just admitted it now, right? Um, because I couldn't get on board. I mean, GM3, Jamar Merskart's good. One punch, whatever. He got caught at 85. Then he fights John Phillips, who took him to the second round. They landed two shots on Cosmine. John Phillips might be the best fighter ever. Um, and then Reese McKee is not even in the UFC anymore, and neither is John Phillips, I, I believe. You know, I couldn't really get super behind him. Even though he looked like he took out the trash like he was supposed to, I still couldn't get behind him. I'm behind him now, right? But again, he's not going to be my guy. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon. I'm just saying... This guy's legit. I'm going to quit doubting him, and, and I think it's going to be really important to see who the UFC matches him up with. I think Neil Magny said on Twitter today he wants to fight him in December because he doesn't have someone for the December 18th card. Uh, you know, fuck it. Whatever. Let's go. Uh, I think that's a great fight. I think that's an, a, a necessary fight. There's a lot of guys at 170 that are not going to want to fight this guy, I assure you. All right, next up, Magomed Van Clive versus Volkan Ozdemir. Uh, Ankalaev's got a four, Vol- Volkan got a two. Ankalaev striking looks on point. His wrestling looks good. Volkan got dropped a few times, or dropped once, wobbled a few times. Volkan is just going to be this benchmark guy, and, and Ankalaev, who I've been high on for a while, just passed that benchmark. Another guy thrusted in 205 right now that uh, we need to see more of. I think Anthony Smith just pulled out of a fight against Rakic. I would love for Ankalaev to step in there. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's like four guys at the top. You got Glover. I guess you can. I guess five. You can add Jan, even though he's at the tail end. But you got Glover, Ankalaev, Rakic, um, and Yuri. All right there. All could fight for a title. I know Glover's going to take some time off forever. Um, but yeah, all those guys are future champions, in my opinion. 205. It's going to be fun for a while, boys. You know, because Ankalaev is a beast. I think Yuri's a fucking wild man that I love. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, yeah, that was a good fight. It was a good opener. Mini Hebos versus Jan Jaroba. 
Not my favorite fight on the card. Hebos gets a three. Jandro gets a one. I thought Jandro fought a terrible fight. I thought she had passed a victory in that first round. She won the first round. But Amanda Hebos, who seems like she's the sweetest girl in the UFC, uh, remounted well. Came back, beat Jandaroba, striking looked on point, and uh, her takedown defense looked on point. She hurt Jandaroba a couple times in the feet. He boss, I think she's too big for 115. I think 125 might be better for her in her chin because Jandaroba did drop her. Um, but if he boss, she's young enough that she can make that cut. I mean, it's more more eyeballs around that division. I'm just worried about that chin with he boss. But she looked good. She looked good. Clearly won this fight. Uh, good for her. Zabar to go to golf. I can't pronounce this guy's name. Tukakov. He fought Ricardo Hamos. Uh, I don't like Ramos. I think he's a fraud. This is a very entertaining fight, though. He hurt to, uh, Zubas with a spinning elbow. Fun, fun fight. Zubera won, in my opinion, every round besides one, maybe 29-28. Very close fight. Stand up most of the time. Zubera went to his wrestling when Khabib told him to. Uh, fun fight at 145. Zubera is, is starting to gain some traction here. Probably some big fights coming up for him. Next up, oh, excuse me. What did, what did Zubera get? Zubara. Every time I say his name, I think it's a bar of pizza. Three to two. Three to two is a bar of fair, fair score. Alba Durev versus Roman Kopilov. Uh, Jiro gets a three. Kopilov gets a two. Kopilov showed a lot of heart, dude. He almost got finished in that second round. It was a clear 10-8 maybe. Uh, it was it was crazy. So this is where the, the point deduction came from. Or excuse me, not a point deduction. Herzog, who I think is the best referee in MMA, put Roman, Roman Kopilov had one of the most egregious fence grabs. Saved him from getting taken down. Instead of taking a point, Herzog put him back in that position and Durov ended up getting the takedown, right? And then that changed the course of that round because then Roman couldn't get up and got his fucking head smashed in and whatever. Um, he came back and won that third round, though. It was, it was a competitive fight. Um, it, was, it was a fun fight. Guy on Twitter, Jim Steele, 69-69. So the guy clearly likes the 69 position, has five followers, follows no one in MMA besides Khabib, maybe. Um, I hashtag my thoughts on Herzog being the best referee. I have money on Kopolov, and I still agree with the decision, even though it obviously gave Durev the takedown. That's the right thing. He came at me. He came at me, called me an idiot, said I'm dumb or whatever. I had fun with him. You know, I'm not going to get mad about some stranger I don't know. Um, but it, you know, he disagreed with it, and 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 I told him to get plugged into the MMA world. I think most people in the MMA world agreed with that, you know, maybe because they had uh Durev, uh, a lot of people had him on their card, but um, I just think Herzog did the right thing. You can't grab that fence. That's going to stop a takedown, put him back in that position. Let Durev get it again. You take it again. You get a point. And, you know, I like that. Kopilov doesn't speak English all that well. And I think he kind of misunderstood uh, um, Herzog because when he got put back in that position, he could have defended the takedown better. You know what I mean? He just kind of gave it up really quickly because I don't think he understood what was going on. Either way, good fight. Uh, Kopilov showed some heart. Durev, again, a contender series guy, 15-3, and three, looked pretty good. Chin concerns me at 185 for sure. Dos Santos versus Benoit St. Denis, another ref miss out. This one pissed me the fuck off. So, uh, Benoit St. Denis, St. Denis, Tough as nails, right? Looked really good, making his UFC debut eight and one or eight no eight and one now. Um, young, oh gosh, hang on. See, these are the things like Joe Rogan would edit out, right? My headphones came unplugged. <clears throat> Joe Rogan would edit that out, not me. Okay, I'm keeping that in. Uh, anyway, Benoit Salt Denis, because that's how John Anik was pronouncing it, Salt. Um, young fighter. Making his GC debut looks fantastic, in my opinion. Got roughed up in there. Dos Santos is a vet. 
outmatched him, but Denise showed incredible heart. The ref, this fucking Russian, first off, let me see. So I gave uh, I gave Santini a three and Dos Echos a three as well. Um, it, it, it wasn't that close of a fight, but the, what, what Santa, Saint Denis had to deal with. So the Santos won every round. Santini came back everything, but this fucking ref, you know, everyone's talking about it. Everyone knows. I'm not going to tell you. He, so the, the most egregious thing, there's two of them. It should have been stopped. The guy was getting his head bounced all over the place. He's running. He was turning back. He's running away. He was covered in blood. And the ref didn't even look like he was about to step in, which was absolutely crazy. Felder, DC, scream and stop the fight. I screened at my TV, stop the fight. But the eye poke, he got poked in the eye, clear as day. He had blood come from out of his eye, got poked. And I don't know if uh, Santini speaks English all that well. The Russian guy speaks probably a little English. But the Russian guy didn't give him five minutes, didn't give him a break, said, you okay, good, let's fight. And the guy's like, I can't see, and they, they just let, made him fight. And Saint Denis is so fucking tough, instead of saying, no, I, I you know, he's making his debut, he doesn't want to wave his hands and go, hey, man, my fucking eye, I can't see, I get, that was a foul, I get a minute here, I get five minutes, actually. Um, the referee didn't allow him that. It was the worst ref job I've ever seen. They pulled him, that was his first assignment, he was supposed to uh, ref in Clive and Ozdemir. They pulled him. For such a shitty job. Hopefully he never refs in the UFC again. I know, uh, you know, apparently people that knew this ref knew he had a history of this or whatever. But he, he wanted someone to fucking die. He wanted someone to die. It was absolutely crazy. I saw something coach came out today. Someone asked what you think about throwing the towels. I was like, oh, we're thinking about throwing the towel. Okay. That's the meathead thing that we need to get rid of, right? Something came out in that third round. Looked pretty good. Laying at some good strikes on Dos Santos. But wasn't going to win the fight. Probably not, right? He was fucked up from the eye poke, from the punches, the kicks, all the blood all over his face. I think you stopped the fight. And a guy that's 8-0 as well. 8-0 making his GC debut. The referee didn't help him. The corner, you got to help him. The referee's in there to make it a fair fight and to, to protect the fighters. The referee failed to do that. The corner has to step up and protect the fire. You rarely hear me talk about how a corner should throw in the towel. I'm, I'm a little bit old school. I'm a little bit tough. The, the corner should have stopped the fight. A thousand percent. I mean, I know this guy wants to show out and, and show heart. He already did all that. He's going to get a shot again. He fought a UFC vet. Looked pretty good. Didn't look like he was didn't belong here, right? His his base is grappling. He fought another guy who was huge for the division. And Saint-Denis, by the way, is a 55er. He's not a 70. He's going to fight a 55. Dos Santos is a well-built 70. So when Saint-Denis drops down to 55, his grappling everything's going to be a lot better. His striking looked good, but his toughness showed out here. You know, they make that, uh, that joke about French people not being tough or whatever. You know, French people are this and that. This guy showed that French people can be fucking tough. Um, he looked fantastic. Uh, Dos Santos did. Saint Denis showed a lot of heart. That's why he got a three. Next up, Michelle Olasajekcheck versus Shamil Gazmatov. Gazmatov stinks. He gets a zero. Olasajekcheck gets a three. Just absolutely dominated Gazmatov. Gazmatov. I guess someone told him he's a striker now. Olasajekcheck worked the body, worked the head, looked fantastic. Um, very average at 205, but he's a fun fighter at 205 because he's going to stand with you, and his boxing's really good. His, his body his body punching, some of the best in the division. But Gazmatov stinks out loud. There's levels to this. He did well in the PFL. He's 1-1 one one in the UFC and hasn't looked good, right? You know, so uh, there's levels. Lerone Murphy versus Mac Wanamir. Connie, I love Lerone Murphy. Should have betted him. Uh, he was obviously a huge favorite. He gets a four-star. Mach 1 gets two. Mach 1 came out, took him down the set first round all over the place. Jerome Murphy stayed calm. 
wasn't really looking to get up much, and I was wondering why. And I think he said in a post fight that he was worried about you know Amir jumping a or Amir kind of jumping a back, jumping an arm, whatever. He's got some tricky submissions. He wanted to kind of let Amir or I always keep saying Amir Mach one work, and then just kind of tear him out because obviously he's got cardio has always had cardio issues. And the second round, he came out, went for that double again, ran into a knee. Beautiful knockout. Lauren Murphy stays undefeated. This dude's good. His striking's good. His takedown defense obviously needs some work, but his cardio is is top notch. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a guy, this is a player at 145. Amir Khani, obviously, he's, he's he's a 10 or 15 UFC vet. I mean, I don't know how many fights he's had in UFC. He's been in UFC for a while. Maybe not that many. He's been in UFC for a while. And he's kind of a name where, you know, it's it's... I keep saying this, but he's like a benchmark type name. And Lerone Murphy passed that benchmark. You know what I mean? And he finished Americani, which not a lot of people have done. He looked fantastic. I know the first round was rough. Americani clearly won that. But Lerone really did stay calm and didn't give Amir anything. Like, shit, he took me down, which he probably wasn't expecting. Because you know he's worked on his takedown offense. And he got taken down. He's like, okay. Don't give up anything stupid trying to rest your feet. So, very patient fighter. Hi, Lerone Murphy. That was awesome. All right, Petrovsky versus who? Uh, who gets a zero? Petrovsky gets a three. I think my paper's a little jumbled here. Um, that first round scared me. This was obviously the first leg of my of my slime ball parlay. First leg, first round scared me. But then I remember who comes out of the Chinese PI. They absolutely stink. Uh, he's a striker, you know, he's good. Eventually get taken down and, and Petrovsky was going to take over. He's seven and one with all, with all fucking finishes. I know we all rag on his gas tank. His striking is very rudimentary, but seven finishes is pretty good at 185. Took this on short, relatively short news notice and flew across the country. So I'm happy Petrovsky did not fuck me. Uh, good for Petrovsky. Next up, uh, last fight, first fight, my last fight I'm reviewing, Tagir Ulumbekov versus Alan Nascimento. Few times ever that the loser gets more credit than the winner. Uh, it's a three to two star performance. Tagir to me just laid on with nothing. He's not well rounded enough at 125. I think he he's gonna have some problems with some guys out there. And Nascimento is a great addition to 125. Look big for it. Crafty off his back. Had a few shots in there. Uh, and then look good on the feet as well. You know, it's had some real leg kicks was, was fucking up to gears leg. Um, again, I, I, I'm not going to say robbery was a split decision. One judge that had it for Nesimento and one had it for to I think if I was judging, I maybe would lean to gear, but I have no problem with people picking Nesimento because of the offensiveness of it. I mean, cause to was doing nothing. So maybe let me just change my mind there. Boom. Change my mind. Nesimento is who I'd go with. Uh, fuck to gear, even though I had money on him. All right. So that's it. Chris Curtis fight week. Phil Hawes, you motherfucker. You can't run anymore, boy. You can't run now. You know what I mean? You can't blame 24-hour notice. I can't take a fight at 24-hour notice. You can't do that, you little bitch. Now nah, you're stuck with them. One of my one of my favorite movies of all time, Bronx Tale. Now you can't leave. Now as you can't, I mean, yeah, sure, you can pull out fight week and be a little bitch, but now as you can't leave, and I love this for Chris. Listen, I think it's a tough matchup, right? It's a tough matchup for Chris. So that's where we're going to start in this car. I'm going to preview every fight, kind of give you a little theory. We're doing the pickums on Thursday, but we'll start with my guy Chris instead of with the main event. So this is my, obviously, personal main event. Chris Curtis, friend of mine, saved my life. People know the story. 
fighting Phil Hawes. They were supposed to fight before. Chris cut weight from 180 to 185 on like 24 hours notice. Phil decided not to fight. Chris is naturally 175 or 170 pounder. He is a uh, not he's he's muscled up. He's a wide body dude, but he's not the biggest guy in the world. Phil Hawes is a good size 85er. They're fighting. So this fight on paper is probably Chris Curtis's kryptonite in the past. A wrestler that's going to take you down. If you look at Chris's losses, a lot of them have been wrestlers that have been able to take him down. He has now since moved to Vegas. He has trained with some high, high-level guys. He has worked a lot on his wrestling and his get-up game. And Phil Hawes gets tired. Chris Curtis, you look at his record. That motherfucker's got a lot of finishes late in fights. So I love Chris in this fight. He is a plus 250, plus 2A underdog. Um, listen, Phil Hall's going to come out hot. Chris is going to have to mind his P's and Q's in that first round because Phil has Phil has power in his hands as well. I think his striking is explosive. I just don't think it's um, it's technically good. It's just very explosive, and he obviously, obviously has natural power. Um, but I see him a wrestling-heavy attack on Chris. Chris is primarily a boxer, so he's not going to throw a lot of kicks. And he's a slow starter. He likes to work the body. He likes to take over late in the fight. Great cardio. The guy never gets tired. And Phil, I think the only way he can win is lay on him for three rounds. So I'm going to play Chris here. Spoiler alert. Everyone knows I'm going to take Chris. It's the only pick I'm going to give out right now. I'm going to take Chris Moneyline, plus 280, plus 250, whatever it is. I think I've seen it both at different places. I'm going to take Chris Moneyline, and I'm going to take him second round stoppage and third round stoppage as well, which is going to be a gorgeous number. Um, that's because that's what he does. He wears you out. His body punch is really good. His, his, his punches are good. Uh, he doesn't overthrow anything, right? He, he, you know, he doesn't have one touch power, but he, he's definitely like a Bisming in Bisming's prime. Bisming didn't have one touch power, but you look at his record. He's got a ton of TKOs because he was slowly wearing on people. And that's Chris. Chris wears on him. He touches your body, touches your head. He's got a great, some great finishes as well. You look at the contender series against Sean Lally. He threw that hook kick and knocked him out. That obviously is a possibility as well. Chris is a fucking wild man. He thinks very differently. He thinks very interestingly. I am so happy for him to get a, a his finally get a shot in the UFC. It's long overdue, and uh, he's got a tough one ahead of him, but I think he's ready for it. I think all the work he's done, he's ready for it. I just want him to stay calm. I want him to know what to expect. Sometimes I've seen him fight wrestlers. Like if you watch the Bilal Muhammad fight, when they fought before Bilal got in the UFC, Bilal just took him down for three rounds in Chicago. Kind of showboated a little bit, and that and Chris like threw a punch after the bell. It's the only time I've seen Chris act like that. He's usually a pretty good sport. Um, but he just was getting frustrated. He kept getting taken down over and over again. Phil Halls is a dynamic wrestler. I, I see that happening. I think I think he's going to try to set up his strikes because he throws big strikes to the takedowns. Let him throw those big strikes. Chris has good defense. Let him throw that big strikes. Let him get countered by Chris. Every time you unload those huge power shots, those muscle quick muscle shots, into a takedown, you're draining that gas tank. And I think Phil Hall knows that his gas isn't good enough. Hopefully, Phil's not taking this fight too seriously either, even though I think he is because there's a reason he turned it down the first time. There's a reason he's like, I'm not taking that 24-hour notice. I mean, this isn't your average UFC debut. This guy's, 20, you know, Chris is 25 and 6, or was that, 25 and 8? 25, 26 and 8, I mean, that's a big record. He has more fights than Phil Hall, so um, he's got some good wins in there too. So Phil Hall's obviously is taking this fight knowing Knowing, like, oh, like I, I can't take it on twenty four hours. Let me, let me, let me get back to you, right? So you can't run now, Phil. What do you do, Phil? Dye hair blonde again? I hope, hopefully, Chris dyes his hair blonde. I love it, but probably not. But what do you do, Phil? You son of a bitch! All right, man, man. We'll quickly go through this because I want to keep this under an hour. I love this card. I cannot wait to fully break it down. 
give you all my picks. I've already been balls deep in this card since yesterday. It's all I've been thinking about. Um, Kamar Usman, Colby Covington rematch. I love it. I love the narrative going in. You have two sides. I'm an Usman guy. Usman's one of my guys. Colby is not. But a lot of people on MMA Twitter are Colby guys. It's funny how there's two narratives. Like, I watched the countdown before I hopped on, and Colby was like, oh, my nut shot. Oh, you poked me in the eye. You know, he's trying to get out of it. And I'm like, dude, do you see your face in the fight? Like, yeah, I mean, you can you can say that he faked a nut shot, and he, and, he, and he faked that eye poke, whatever. But do you see your face? Like, he act like he was just dying. Your face is getting fucked up. And I usually don't judge a fight based on the face because – other guys cut more than the other guys, right? It was a close fight, no doubt about it. 2-2 going in the fifth on my card. But, bro, your jaw got broke. You sat in your corner, and your face was fucked up. And then you got stopped. Regardless of how bad of a, a stop as you think it was, you got stopped because you were fucking bouncing all over the ring. Your cardio weight uh, stopped before Usman's did. And those are facts. Now, the line is wide. I think Colby's like a plus 250 underdog. Kamara's over 300. That's wider than I thought. But you got to remember, Colby's only fought once since they fought. He fought Tyron Woodley, who hasn't won a UFC fight in forever, right? He, he stopped him in the fifth round for a, a, a Woodley injury. Kamara, since the Colby fight, has fought Masvidal on short notice in Abu Dhabi because Gilbert Burns pulled out. Decision win, dominating fashion. That was his first fight with Trevor Whitman. Then he fights Gilbert Burns, um, you know, what, five five or six months later, whatever it was, knocked out Gilbert Burns. Got caught in the very first 10 seconds, rebounded well, dominated Gilbert Burns, former training partner who I think is one of his harder matchups. Then he rematches two months later. He gets Jorge Masada, knocks him out in the second round. Domination fight. So since the Colby fight, He's fought Masvidal twice and Burns. Two finishes out of those three fights. Um, and he's and he's just only getting better with Trevor Whitman. Now, I know Colby's getting better, too. Colby's getting better down there in MMA Masters. He's finally, a lot of training partners are going down there now, too. Problem with Colby is, is even though he landed a lot of shots in Usman, he just doesn't have the power. I think Usman found his power. I don't think Colby has power. The way he throws his punches, the reason he lands so many punches is their arm punches. He's not putting a ton of steam behind these. It's really quick arm stuff, almost like a Diaz, but a different kind of style. So he doesn't have a huge punching power. Again, I'm not giving a pick away. I'm not going to give the whole breakdown down, but it's very interesting how if you're a Colby fan, you see it this way, and you have all the excuses, and you're an Usman fan like me, you see it the other way. Regardless of which side you're on, it's going to be a fantastic fight. I can't wait. Rose Amunis is Wei Li Zhang. Another rematch for the strap. I love this fight. Rose dominated, or yeah, dominated the first time they fought. This is the second. Wei Li left China, cut her hair, training with Cejudo. That's going to help you with cardio. Um, I, I I don't know if Wei Li's going to wrestle. It, the strike up, I still strike up. Striking, I still kind of lean towards Rose. Um, the only issue I have with Rose is, is I don't know how great her five round cardio is. Like her cardio can taper off. Hopefully she's in great shape because Wei Lee, we've we've seen her go five rounds in a dogfight. I think this is gonna be obviously a lot more competitive than the first time. I'm super excited for that fight. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, essentially for who's gonna fight the 155 pound strap. These two dudes were destined to meet. Both were outside the UFC for a while, World Series of Fighting, Bellator. 
They had probably crossed paths and were like, let's fucking cross promote. Both are now in the UFC. Chandler kind of lit the UFC world on fire when he debuted it with uh, Michael Chandler. Got an instant title, or excuse me, Dan Hooker. Got an instant title shot where he dominated that first round. They got caught. Gaethje hasn't fought uh, since Khabib, right? Has he took a fight since Khabib? Right. So the last fight was Khabib. So it's been a while for Justin Gaethje, over a year. Um, you know, and the Gaethje, listen, the Khabib fight, he just he just fell apart. He did, The line, something got to him, which I'll, we'll break down more. Uh, come Thursday, but yeah, something got to him. Shamburgers versus Billy Quarantino, Billy Q. Love this fight. Both New Yorkers. Billy changed out of Florida, though. Both at 145, almost the same exact records. Shamburgers coming back a little too quick from the Edson knockout that I would like. I would like to see him take a full year off, rest up that brain, but you know, fuck it. He's he's cutting to 45 still. I would like to see him go up to 55. Billy Q is a pressure fighter. Uh, that's going to be fireworks. From the get-go, I love that fight. Frankie Edgar versus Marlon Vera. I mean, what can you say? Frankie looks to me in tremendous shape, but the last time we saw Frankie Edgar, he got slept bad. Marlon Vera, 19-7-1, but really in a groove right now. He's got an ugly record, but he's really in a groove in his career. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know what to expect in this fight, but uh, I actually really like this fight. I think this is good matchmaking because you get an old champ, an old vet like Edgar, and you got Marlon Vera, who's got some good wins in this division. Where are you going to go? But Frankie Edgar, you know, you can't tell much, but I, I follow him on Instagram and Twitter, and he looks to be in fucking good shape. Uh, Andres Michelaitis versus Alex Pereira. Very excited for Pereira. If you don't know Pereira, knocked out Izzy twice, or beat Izzy twice, knocked him out once in kickboxing. World champion kickboxer, has one of the best left hooks I've ever seen. He's 3-1 in MMA, making his UFC debut against Andres Michelaitis. Perfect matchmaking, Michelaitis. Not known for his grappling, likes to strike a little bit as well. Sometimes I don't love when guys come over from kickboxing to MMA because their striking is like a little weird. Kickboxing has like a different rhythm, but Pereira has so much power that I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, even though he has a giant favor, which I don't love. You know, and that that's kind of circled right there, even though I'm a huge fan of Pereira and I'm excited to see that. Ally Quinta versus Bobby Green, fun fight, two vets. I believe Green is the favorite. I, I don't look at the lines. Obviously, uh, good fight, though. Phil Haas, Chris Curtis. Go Chris Curtis. Fuck Phil Haas. Edmund Shabazian versus Nasruddin Imanov. Love that fight. Two strikers at 185. Both up-and-coming guys. Great fight. Edmund trained with Chris for this, so they're both going to be prepared. Another fight I'm looking forward to, Jordan Williams versus Ian Gary. I've heard a lot of good things about Ian Gary. Been following him a little bit. You know, the next guy coming out of Ireland here, big, tall, fucking jacked up 170 Irishman with some decent strikes. Jordan Williams has been a huge disappointment since he's come off the contender series. See if he can rebound. John Vellante versus Chris Barnett. That is the shit fight of the card. Dustin Jacoby stepping up for um, Alexis Kamur on like a week's notice fighting John Allen. That's a fun fight. Uh, both guys like the banging out. John Allen hasn't really shown up too much in the UFC. Funny name for Brazilian, John Allen. Melsic Boxesarian. Melsic Boxesarian versus Bruno Silva. Melsic, a fantastic striker. Bruno Silva, a stud on the ground. Love that fight. And then CJ Vergara versus Odie Osborne. Don't know much about CJ, CJ, but I like Odie. This is a fun fucking fight, boys. Fight card. I cannot wait. Going over to my buddy Steve's. Gonna play some heavy bets, I think. I think there's three guys. So obviously, I've already told you, Chris, right? There's two other guys plus the slime ball that I'm gonna go heavy on. 
I'm talking, I've only, I've, I don't think this year I've done a more, well, maybe not this year, in the past six months, I don't think I've done more than a three-unit bet. I'm thinking maybe like four or five, maybe even a six, you know, because it's a, I'm not going to lie to you, it's, a ch- it's not like it's an underdog or it's like even money, it's a chalky line, so I need to put more money to make more money. See, you feel me? See how that works? All right, that's it. That's the show. MMA Takes Podcast on Spotify, on Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck. Uh, MMA Takes Podcast. Uh, this is the worst part. I need to pre-record this part. I'm trying to end the podcast as a joke. Okay. MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter. I love Twitter. IG, haven't logged in a while. I apologize, dude. If you sent me a message, I apologize. Follow me on Twitter. MMA Takes Podcast. You can follow me on IG as well. MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. Follow me there. Got to get hit 100 subscribers. I was going to give do a giveaway and all this, guys. Listen, I had 81. Now I'm at 79. People are dropping like flies. Follow me there as well. Subscribe to that channel. We do the pickums every week on that. And that's it. Rate and review. Rate and motherfucking review. Woo! Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dalton.